Welcome to Spilling the Title Tea, where we talk a lot about life and a little about business. Your host, Ashley Ramsey, will be sitting down with guests from all different sectors of the real estate industry to tell you their real life stories. From hardships to triumphs and business to personal lives, we promise to bring you the tea. and welcome to Spilling the Title Tea. I am your host and real estate attorney, Ashley Ramsey. And today our guest is Mike Simmons, who is a loan officer with Walden Mortgage in Knoxville, Tennessee. So welcome, Mike, to the show. Hello. Good to be here. Well, uh, we appreciate you uh, taking time out of your day to be with us. Um, A lot of people know you as just uh, their local loan officer, but what they may not know about you is that you are an avid runner and uh, hiker. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that hobby? Okay. I don't know if avid is the right word for it, but, <laughs> but yes. Uh, uh, I had a friend of mine that, that introduced uh, me to the uh, Greenways walkways in, in Knoxville. Uh, I didn't know they even existed. And that's been about probably 11 or 12 years ago, already well into my 50s. And I'm not athletic at all. And uh, so it was really just a walk. Uh, the walks got a little bit longer. Uh, we started off with a few miles and ended up doing six, seven miles and what have you. And very enjoyable. And this friend uh, entered me into a 5K, which I would have never done on my own. Uh, I hear people say this, that if you see me running, it's because I'm being chased. And that was <laughs> that, kind me. of the way uh, <laughs> I was. But uh, after entering that first race and doing a little bit better than I expected. Um, and then trying to just, you know, I'm getting older and just thought, well, you know, the bar is set kind of low for some of us old folks. And I'm just going to keep seeing if I can do that. And kept doing a little bit longer races, went from 5Ks to 10Ks and finally half marathons and a full marathon. And I did that at age 60. And most again, I'm not beating anybody, trust me. But I entered my first and completed my first marathon at age 60. And that, that was by design. Well, I'm 60 years old. I'm just going to prove I can do it. Now, I'm not a runner. So I was towards the end of the pack, but it was just one of the things I completed. That is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I well, can't even imagine doing a marathon, walking it, let alone even running part of it. I mean, I just, I can't imagine it. And let alone at 60 years old. Yeah. Well, and for someone who's not athletic, I mean, I've never done anything like that either. And but it 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 does a lot. I mean, it's, it's an endurance test as well, but uh, it's also kind of a, an endurance test for your mind as well because mm-hmm. you know I'm not running with a pack of other runners. I'm at the very end, not the last, but the towards the end. And uh, the way the Knoxville Marathon runs is that halfway through, the half marathoners veer off and go and basically to the finish line. The full marathoners break off, and that's a that's kind of a jolt mentally because you're pretty much tired at the halfway point, and knowing that you still got, you know, a double, you know, the rest double of that it distance to, to go. Yeah, it's a, it takes a little bit of a mind preparation for that, especially the last one I did. Uh, so anyway, but it was good to, to finish. I I've done five marathons. I don't think I'll need to do anything more. <laughs> wow. Uh, but. It, it's been a good experience. It has. Um, it's, it's led to a lot of good things, uh, meeting people along the way, generating friends uh, that are in that kind of com- same community. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I mean, I knew that you had done um, a lot of different races and things, but I didn't I don't think that I realized that you had done five 
full marathons. Yeah. That's that's just crazy. <laughs> well, the fastest time I ever did was six hours and one minute. And if you ever watch uh, any of the uh, marathoners that, you know, Olympic marathoners, you could tell that's a very pitiful time. But uh, and it was kind of I had a goal. I was hoping to do it in less than six minutes. So it was actually six minutes. Uh, I mean, six hours, one minute, one second. Uh, so I was kind of satisfied with that. And uh, I would be more than satisfied. <laughs> well, I, I told somebody at my age to do anything for six hours is an accomplishment. <laughs> Staying upright and walking uh, was was an accomplishment, but I enjoyed that. It's a it's a unique experience. So I think you have to enjoy it um, to to put yourself through that. I think you would have to enjoy. It. Like I don't think that I would think that that would be fun. Um, but I've never tried it. I've never tried a marathon, so I don't know. Maybe I would. Maybe I would surprise myself, and uh, I would enjoy it more than I would think. But you we'll might uh, never know. It depends on, on the marathon. I've only done the Knox Marathon. There's others that there's quite a number of people along the way that are, you know, rooting you on. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I'm one of the trail in, at the very end and uh, probably not familiar with Knoxville, but you towards the end of the race, you're going through, through downtown Knoxville. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm very slow. So the, the, <laughs> the lead runner has long gone, you know, everybody's rooted that one on. But there's still a number of people that will clap for the old guy that's trodden along <laughs> still at that time. So it's it kind of uh, it enjoyed that part of it, you know. Yeah, just uh, community support and people don't, that don't even know you. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, now, I know that recently you had a little bit of a health scare. And I think that running is kind of how you um, discovered that you were having some problems. Yeah. Uh, and I count that as a blessing. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I'm not an athlete, so I guess athletes already know this, but you know, when you're doing things like that, you may become a little more attuned to your body. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I had noticed uh, over the last couple of races that I did, not, not marathons, but half marathons and even some hiking that I had done that, that I would had struggled with it, particularly getting a, a good breath. Uh, but pretty much just blew that off. I'm not getting any younger. So this is just part of getting older. Yeah. And a lot of things I was doing uh, were not new. I mean, the, some of the hikes I were doing, the same hikes I'd done before. The marathon, half marathon course was the same course. But this last one in March, uh, I had a lot of trouble breathing fairly early on. And it just got worse and worse. And I was about, I remember about mile 11, I guess. I wasn't able to exhale without coughing. Uh, interesting side note on that one too. It goes way, way back. Uh, I had a little dog when I was a, a young man, uh, and I guess my teenagers in the early twenties, I dearly loved, and uh, he developed a cough and I took him to the veterinarian and was surprised when he said, well, he's in congestive heart failure. We're going to have to keep him and stabilize oh, wow. him. So as a shock, well, he, he died within a few hours of that. Oh, well, that was 40 something years ago. And that memory came back to me when I started coughing. I thought, I might need to see a doctor about this. Uh, Other than that, uh, that was really the only indication. So I set up the time to go see a doctor. And he actually said, apparently, I'd already had a a heart attack at some point, uh, set me up to have some further tests. One thing led to another. And yeah, ended up having to have a triple bypass surgery in June. So end of March, did the half marathon, first of June. I was having triple bypass. Triple bypass. And I mean, what divine intervention. Yes. Um, 
all those years ago um, to have had that happen for that to come back to you. Yeah, that's that's you know that's not coincidence. That's really an amazing uh, story. I think it is too, and I guess part of it too is just uh, experiencing that and knowing that. And uh, you know, I'll get a little preachy, I guess, with you is just knowing that God's <laughs> in your life because there are so many things. I had done a hike up in Alaska a little over a year ago that just about did me in, but I had never done that hike before. And it was pretty strenuous. Yeah. And then I, if you're not familiar, uh, there's the Smoky Mountains, you hike uh, to Mount Leconte, which is the highest peak in Tennessee. And uh, I struggled with those hikes. Uh, again, not knowing I was having heart issues. And yeah. any one of those events could have been my last one on, on earth. And it's just like, I think God still has a reason for me being here. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, you know, I've known you for a few years and um, I've always known you to be, you know, very active, outdoorsy, doing the the races and the, the hikes and things. And I just would have never imagined that you would have had any kind of heart issues. And, you know, when I heard, I was just in shock. And obviously you said that you had some struggles with your breath and you had the mm-hmm. coughing. Um, looking back, hindsight, you know, it was 2020. Was were there any other warning signs that you can think of that you um, would suggest people to pay attention to? That maybe maybe somebody will watch this and think, "Hey, I should go have a checkup." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people maybe gradually notice fatigue and shortness of breath doing anything. I I really hadn't gotten to that level where just normal activity had had made me think that there was anything wrong. I guess one thing I'll throw in here though is that my family genetics are working against me, I, and I knew mm-hmm. that you know. I uh, had several uncles that passed away fairly early in life and an aunt that passed away in her 20s uh, that had died of a heart attack. But uh, I'm not trying to make it light of it. But one of the things that the doctor, every time I had a physical, would say is that cholesterol level was OK, um, but your good cholesterol was not you know, quite high enough. Well, I don't know how people think, but you say good and cholesterol. It's not good enough, but you know, it's the good cholesterol. <laughs> it's the good cholesterol. Did not know that uh, low good cholesterol is just as deadly as high cholesterol. Uh, I did not know and, that either. Yeah. And so that, I learned that from this experience is that my good cholesterol was too low. It apparently helps flush out the bad cholesterol. So that function wasn't working properly in my system. And that's what caused the, the blocked arteries. So. They need to name it something different besides good cholesterol you know, <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that was a, my downfall. It's my good cholesterol. And, and there's no way to control that dietarily. If I said that right, it's through exercise. And I know everybody's going to say, well, okay, you run half marathons. Well, yeah. well, but I sit at the desk the rest of the time. I sit and you probably mm-hmm. realize that there's a yeah. lot of just sitting around on the computer and not getting enough activity. So. That's how you get you raise your good cholesterol. Well, that's that's really eye opening because, yeah, I mean, obviously, what we do, we do sit a lot, uh, and I think of myself as fairly active, but I mean, I'm not running marathons, um, so yeah, that's 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 really an eye opener for for me. Uh, yeah, it was for me too. Again, and I'm you know now on some medications and what have you, trying to exercise a little bit more to see if I can get that back up. Wow. Well, you know, you can't really go through um, something that's significant in life and it not um, change your perspective a little bit. How is your outlook on like, you know, just a personal level or your work life? How has that changed after, 
you know, having to have that surgery? Yeah, I'd like to say it's made a, a big impact. And I think it has. But, you know, with anything, as you get further away from the event, it's kind of like you kind of put it put it in the back of your mind. Yeah. But yeah, again, without dwelling on the negative too much, I mean, there was a point at my stay in the hospital, I, I really thought that I was dying. Um, I won't go into all the details, but I went into an irregular heartbeat, which I found out later was fairly common. And a lot of people walk around with AFib all the yeah. time. I just didn't know it at the time. I just thought it was a weird way to go that I'm laying here, not really in a lot of pain, but my heart feels like it's about to beat itself until it won't beat anymore. And that's the way I thought I was getting ready to go. But coming back to your question is that, you know, obviously you could say the cliches, you know, puts life in perspective and don't worry about the big stuff. And and it does have that effect uh, that after coming out of the hospital, just dealing with the recovery that I didn't worry about, you know, what kind of loan business was going on or anything like that. And realizing, well, each day could be your last. It could be for any of our lives. Uh, It could be your last, not just somebody's having some health health problems. Absolutely. And trying to just keep that more in the forefront of your mind, you know, that kind of coming back to the marathon thing too, is that I know that I'm never going to cross the line first, but when you're on one of those marathons, you're constantly with some of other stragglers, you know, and you're, maybe they pass you a little bit and you pass them a bit. Every once in a while, you may even strike up a conversation with them. And uh, I figured my job was to be an encourager towards the back of the pack, you know, like, you know, you got this, I've, I've done it before. And if I can do it, you can too. And uh, so that's kind of carries over with this too, you know, is to treat each day, you know, as if it could be your last, what can you do for somebody else that's along the same journey? Maybe they're having health problems too. Um, yeah. Don't mean to get too long winded with this, but uh, i had some friends that I knew on the on the uh, on the greenway that we saw on a regular basis, but I just knew their faces. We might chat about the weather or you know maybe a race coming up, but I never even knew their names as a couple. And uh, at one of the last races I ran, I guess, uh, is that they were doing volunteer work. They weren't racing, and one of the reasons was she said, "Well, you won't be seeing us around for a while because her husband was getting ready to have bypass surgery. Hmm. He was a runner too." And he had a, a five bypass surgery. Wow. And through that, I got to know their names, got to know a lot more about them and just kind of connected with them. And uh, that was a I looked at it as a blessing from God there. Another one, because I knew these people just by their face. And I really feel like and I see this in a lot of things that God placed them in my life years and years ago, because I've known these people for a long time, just didn't know, know them, you know. Right. And uh, and so through this, got to know them a little bit better. But I think God knew what he was doing when he put them there, when I just passed along to each other you know, on the raceway. So Yeah, he's good like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> he's and he's good to remind you. I think that ha- that's helped remind me of some of the things, you know, the blessings that every once we kind of dwell on the negative and, and how bad things are. And, uh, and you just look around the little things that can just be such a blessing if you just look for it. It's so true. So yeah. true. Uh, now, do you feel like you're back at, you know, full capacity if, or, you know, however you want to say it? <laughs> I do. Uh, it's kind of funny you should mention, I, I keep coming back to it. When I was walking into surgery, the only issue I was having is when I was exerting myself like hikes and, and races. Mm-hmm. And I don't do those all that often. So ordinarily, I mean, I felt pretty good, but apparently, I, you know, I was missing something. 
And so when people ask me how I feel, well, I feel good, but I felt good before. <laughs> so, or, you know, in those terms, I remember walking into surgery and I thought, I feel way too good to be going through this, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, in that regard, uh, yeah, I have reminders, uh, you know, of what I've been through. Um, I'm still sore, you know, in places where yeah. uh, surgery was done, but, uh, and maybe that's not a bad thing to be constantly reminded of that. Yeah, about, you know? that's true. You know, speaking of being back at full capacity and whatnot, as we mentioned at the top of the show here, um, obviously you're a loan officer by trade. Yes. Um, and that's that's what you do uh, on on the daily while, while you're sitting at the desk so much. Um, and I know uh, that you really have a passion for our veterans. And, uh, you know, at the time of this taping, we've just come off of Veterans Day. Um, so I thought it would be a good opportunity for you to give some advice to our veterans out there who might be in the process of shopping for um, a residential mortgage. Okay. I appreciate it. Yeah, I do have a passion actually for veterans. I have two sons, one that's a former Marine, not an ex, but a former Marine, <laughs> a Purple Heart Marine. And I have one that's still serving. Uh, and I've assisted them uh, indirectly with their, their VA loan. So yeah, I have a passion for it. And and see what they go through and what they have had yeah. to go through to be eligible for that. And it's it's such a great program. Uh, and through the events that have happened over the last decade, that there are a lot of veterans who served in the reserves that are eligible very quickly to to be a uh, to able to be able to get a VA loan uh, because they they served in a, a wartime uh, area. Right. And uh, some of them, I think a lot of them do know it now, but initially. They'd been reservists for so many years and they thought they had to put in so many more years before they could be eligible. But, you know, pretty much the second they put you in a war zone, you know, you become eligible for a VA loan. So in this area, even though there's not a a military base as such around here, there's a lot of reservists in our area. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people that are eligible for such a great program. And I think over the years, VA loans kind of got a bad rep sometimes with uh, with the real estate agents and different ones because they thought it would take longer. And I, I'm old enough, been in the business long enough that that used to be true. Uh, you had to go through a special process to get a VA loan. That's not true now. It's one of the easiest and best loan programs there are. I'd almost rather do a VA loan than any other type of loan. Yeah. Uh, their guidelines are a little bit easier, to, so it helps the veterans in a lot of ways. Uh, so there's really not a negative to it, in my opinion, anyway. I would agree with you on that. I think things have changed a lot um, in the last several years that that make it, you know, a great product, um, you know, regardless of uh, the fact that, you know, it's had a bad rap for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the way I've always looked at this is even if, even if, it were still a little bit more of a struggle to get through the process to get those right. loans, which we know it's not anymore. But even if it were, isn't that a small sacrifice on our part mm-hmm. to help the people who literally give life and limb to give us the freedoms to be able to go to work and to buy right. homes and sell homes and do all the things that we that we do? If you had one or two extra hoops to jump through. Um, which again, you don't anymore, but even if you did, uh, is it not worth it? Yes. And uh, I'm so glad that the, uh, they've made some revisions in our applications and stuff that, that force us as originators to ask that question, if they're a veteran or not, 
uh, before we could go through the whole process and and not even know they were a veteran. So now it's it is even if it's out there, it definitely will be brought up as an as a product that'll be offered to them. And you're right. I mean, it's it's right. a, you're right. Even if there wasn't a a small extra hoop to go through, uh, it pales in comparison to what it used to be, and and it really is worth it for the veteran. Look at what you're doing to help a veteran get in. Now, a lot of them have gone through a lot. Some of it you can see, and some of it you can't. Uh, That's it. I, I have a son that that is disabled, but you couldn't tell it by looking at him. But he's right. gone through a lot uh, to get that. Yeah, and they're not given the appreciation by that that they deserve by um, by all of us. I don't. I, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I mean, even those of us who really, you know, like you, who are very passionate and really do support the veteran community, um, you know, really, there's nothing that we could really do to repay um, the sacrifices that they've made and that their families have had to make. And yeah, I mean, I I really, I don't know what else to say about that other than, you know, there's just, there's just nothing we can do. Right. It's good enough. You hit on a, a key point there. I never served myself. My, my dad was a 22-year veteran in the Air Force. And so for the first 10 years of my life, I was felt like I was uh, sort of kind of in the service with him. Yeah. Uh, but it, what you said with the families is true. Uh, I didn't think anything was unusual about it, but you're constantly moving. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of separation. Uh, my dad never saw combat. My middle son did. Uh, so the big difference, but he, my son, my middle son was only in there for about six years. My, my father was in the, during World War II for 22, but never saw combat. But he was separated from his family a lot during that time. And I don't think people really realize some of the impacts that that have, not only on the veteran themselves, but the families too. Uh, I, I don't mean to sound selfish, but as a, as a child, you know, uh, growing up, I'm changing schools every two years, you know, yeah. and uh, that's not always an easy process. So all that we can do for the families of veterans, I think we can't do enough, in my opinion. I 100% agree. I really do. And I, I you know, I don't want to take too much of your time today, Mike. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and, um, you know, share your experiences with our audience. And I would just tell our audience, especially if you are, a veteran in the Knoxville area, give Mike a call. If you have any questions about residential mortgages, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to put his information in the comments. So you have every uh, ounce of information you need to be able to reach out to him. And again, Mike, I just appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us on Spilling the Title Tea, where we talk uh, a lot about life and a little about business. Thank you, Ashley. I appreciate the opportunity. Have a great day. You too. That's all the tea we have for you this week. Thanks for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode of Spilling the Title Tea and visit us online for more valuable resources at springdaletitle.com. Spilling the Title Tea.